Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. Woo! Barely held it together there, Kate. I could feel it falling away from me <laughs> as I was talking. Gotta stay consistent. Gotta stay consistent Gotta with stay that open. Gotta stay consistent, And it Jordan. was just, it was like, I was chasing it. Like, I was running after it, and it yeah. was like, no, fuck you. Well, you Words know, were like, bye, not you know, happening. We we can't always record it again. Why would we, listen, the, the, the spontaneous joie de vivre we bring to our program every week is yeah. why the people keep coming back, so... Yeah, it's joie de vivre. By the, by, by the way, oh, you're the worst. <laughs> I am the worst. I'm the I'm the uh, Brita of the group. <laughs> say bagel. I say bagel normally. <laughs> Every okay. The worst is if you meet someone from Hamilton, ask them to say garage. All right. Oh, the garage. It's garage. The garage. It's, it's garage. fancy over here. What do you call it? It's, it's a car garage. hole. <laughs> A car cave? It's the car cave? Car hole. It's an old Simpsons bit where Moe was like, oh, the garage, the garage. Like Mr. Fancy, Mr. Worldly Continental over here. Who do you call it? It's a car hole. <laughs> I have, I don't remember that. It's funny because all week, Senior Correspondent and I have just been throwing out old Simpsons jokes. As you should just all the time. Yeah. As a recipe for life. But specifically last week. And he threw out a couple that I didn't remember at all. Well, so a guy I work with, uh, Pasquale. What's up, Pops? Pops is a couple episodes behind. He keeps trying to talk to me about things. <laughs> and you, you're just like... And be like, you don't listen to the podcast because uh, you would already know what I thought about this, Pop. Yeah. No, I do that to, to certain people. His fiance has never really watched The Simpsons. What? Yeah, I don't know how this happens, but I guess we're at a point now where a generation could like have gone their entire lives without knowing good Simpsons. I think And for the record, like even recent impossible. Simpsons is good. Yeah. But we just have such a strong affinity to like the Conan O'Brien slash like seasons three through eight or whatever. Yeah. We have such a strong affinity for those episodes that we like shit on the newer episodes. But if you go back and watch like, you know, season 22, they're not bad. You'll And they, they'll have some like good parts to them. Yes, they will. So Pop has been given permission by his fiance to assemble five. Five seasons? Episodes. That is. To try and sell her on The Simpsons. That is. I have, but this has been an ongoing discussion for the last two weeks at work as we try to figure out what the five should be. Definitely, witness protection program is in there with Sideshow Bob. But I think you kind of need the history of Sideshow Bob. No, I don't think you do. I think there's enough there. Uh, You need to know every. You don't need to know everything. Um, I know people always go for the monorail, but I don't know if I really fucks with the monorail like it's that. It's funny because it's one of the jokes that came up this week was the mon- oh, was monorail. Jokes. I don't know if the monorail app holds up as strongly as some of these other ones what about one of the halloween specials oh yeah what what one do you pick of the halloween specials um i know which one it's got to be the shinning it's the shinning it's the shinning and willie keeps getting killed with an axe yeah and also the one um where they're turning all the children into food yes (laughs) i also have a strong affinity for the one where marge and homer are trying to spice up their sex life and they become exhibitionists and they end up hiding in a hot air balloon that takes <laughs> off. And Homer, I go because this. My mom never watched The Simpsons. Yeah, I'd always be watching it around the house. My mom like wandered into the room once, and the hot air balloon goes past the like crystal cathedral. Yeah. And they're like giving the sermon, and the dude's like gaze upon the wonder of the that God has given us with the crystal cathedral. And it's right at the point where Homer's like bare ass has landed, <laughs> yeah, and, it and it's dragging along, him, yeah. and he's 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 squeaking along, yeah. just yelling, this muffled yell of like oh, my ass. <laughs> my mom. 
fucking died, so I have a strong affinity for that one. It's like, now gaze upon, instead gaze upon the, the beauty of God's parquet floor. <laughs> Keep gazing. <laughs> um, so yes, trying to find. Listeners, what are your, if you had a recommendation for Pops, for his, for some classic, for someone who's never seen The Simpsons, it's an impossible task, as we've said, but if you've got one that Caitlin and I didn't mention, hey, let us know on the Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com. Dot- forward slash no oh come oh my god wow. <laughs> i screwed it up already <laughs> i got nervous <laughs> Here, i thought our repartee was so was uh, so in sync at this point no i get nervous every time because all of a sudden you started doing the dots and the slashes and i didn't know where i was okay let's do this again uh-huh. <clears throat> www dot facebook dot com forward slash geek down pod yes and while you're there you can also learn about all the ways you can listen to the geek down podcast which First and foremost of which are... Is, O-R, is, it's is, grammatically speaking. Well, I consider two of them to be first and foremost. No, it's is. <laughs> I don't know why it's grammatically correct, just is. It's like a spidey sense, but for grammar. It's grammar sense. Or grandma sense. I also know whenever Gra- tea is being made. Grandma sense. <laughs> um, or Murder, She Wrote is on. Uh, it is... SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod is possibly the easiest way not the easiest but it's one of them if you follow us on there you will get a notification every time a new episode goes live or itunes i think we'll be back on schedule this week we should i think we'll go up on tuesday as per usual because uh caitlin has a well a kind of regular job (laughs) caitlin got a jobby job so we're back on we're back to doing this on the weekends so yeah hopefully on tuesday this will go live, which is when they used to always go live. But if it doesn't, won't matter to you if you subscribe to us on iTunes. Because it'll just show up. It'll just be there. Either like Western hell demons or fairies or aliens <laughs> more, from other dimensions. More on those later <laughs> in the show. <laughs> we'll we'll just deliver it. Deliver it straight to your device. That is all you have to do. And if, hey, while you're there, if you like the show, tap one of them star buttons Give Preferably us a rating. Preferably the, like, the four star? Preferably the four. four We're not going to ask for a five. We're not going to like demand a five. But if you could, only because, it. as we've mentioned on previous episodes, we don't get any information from iTunes. We have no idea we what is happening out there. information from SoundCloud. Thank you to the people listening in like Fiji and <laughs> uh, Tonga. American Samoa. American Samoa. Um, we have a couple listeners randomly in, in places in like Spain, and I think there's one listener in somewhere in Spain and one listener somewhere in like Germany. Thank you guys. Um, but if you are uh, actually have a subscription to iTunes and you're getting it in your magic iTunes box, um, please let us know or give us information maybe about where you're listening from. Um, and also, helpful. the more reviews and ratings we get, the more it kind of pushes us up the iTunes world in the, you know, genres that we have classified ourselves in. So if people are looking for, you know, if they have a podcast that they like, it's more likely that in the related podcast field, we might pop up and then we get more listeners that way. Is there a a podcast field that uh, is called awesome? (laughs) Uh, No, I believe I have us in the closest I could come up with was uh, I think I put us in TV and movies. Yeah, that sounds about right. I still don't like it. I'm not thrilled with it. It's not technically accurate, but... And we talk about a lot of TVs and a lot of movies. A lot of TVs. All the TVs. All the TVs and all the movies. Television shows, that's what I meant to say. We had an interesting week, Kate. We had an amazing week. Because um, Jordan remembered that, you know what? 
maybe when you plug the show on Twitter, maybe use proper at names and hashtags and things so people who are interested in the things that we're talking about might discover it. Yeah. And what ends up happening sometimes is people who make the things that we end up talking about discover it and say nice things about us. And have multiple tweets talking about us. Uh, yeah. So, hi, Ryan Griffin, creator of Clever Man. You're awesome, by the way. Thanks for, uh, thanks for saying nice things about us and for letting us know that most of the things we <laughs> discussed wondering about would be shortly answered. Yep. Uh, we'll get to that in updates. Caitlin has seen more of the show. I have not, but she'll she'll tip me off to that. Uh, and shouts to Amelia Cook. Hi, Amelia. Author Good of, luck. Author, author of the uh, Hey Anime Fans, Stop Giving Fan Service a Pass article that we discussed at length last week. Yeah. Um, wasn't even planned, really. No, it wasn't even planned. But hey, you know, sometimes you just got to. Amelia subscribed. She said some very nice things to us as well. Loves our dynamic. We, yeah. Says we have a says we have a good dynamic. We have a great dynamic. The best dynamic. The best of dynamics. <laughs> that's that's us. <laughs> um, but no, that was very nice as well, and happy to hear that. I believe she said that response has not been too bad yet, but she did say she's got another <laughs> piece coming. Yeah. Soon so, that she's like somewhat I, concerned about. Like um, I said, good luck. And if there's any, you know, if, if there's a Venn diagram of people who listen to this show and are also, you know, Twitter trolls, yeah, um, fuck off and don't bother her. Yeah, just, just I doubt there don't are. be an asshole. We talk a lot about. We care way too much about feminism on this show for any Twitter troll to really get past the first two minutes. But. Yeah, um, but if for some reason you felt like you were going to say something mean to someone on twitter or tumblr or facebook or youtube you just you shouldn't because you just, you just don't yeah because nice people don't do stuff like that <laughs> and we don't want mean people listening to the show like my, my favorite meme ever i use it all the time is um usually in like relation to black lives matter sort of discussions yeah um whenever something terrible uh on the you know racial equality scheme of things happens it's, I don't remember what episode it's from. It's from an episode of Steven Universe where he's reading a book called How to Give Your Opinion to Someone. Yeah. And the first step is like, think of what you want to say. And I think in the show, the second step was say it. But in this meme, they've changed it to don't. <laughs> <laughs> I use this meme all the time. So if you're a Twitter troll out there and you want to give your opinion about something you don't like that Amelia Cook or anyone. Caitlin. Or Caitlin or <laughs> me or just anyone in general. Uh, has to say, and you can't say it constructively or without being an asshole or threatening, you know, death or doxing or rape or anything else, any of those fun things, think about what you want to say and don't. Write an angry letter and don't send it. <laughs> That's what I do when I get angry. Write it all down, tear it up and throw it away. You'll yeah. feel so much better. So much better. You'll just feel so much better. And you know what the bonus is? Hmm. You won't be an asshole. Nope. You can go through your life knowing you're not an asshole. I'm glad we had this discussion. <laughs> I feel like it was like informative minute with Jordan Kate. <laughs> Tips for your best life. <laughs> we should I'm do going, this. I'm going to change the, the I'm going to change the category that we file the uh, we file the show under into like you know new age and self help. Yeah, I like that. So on to chit chat. W- wasn't that chit chat? Well, that was. I mean, people care about us, Kate. Oh, that's true. People want to know about us. Yeah. How was your week? It was really tiring. Tiring. I am full of information. <laughs> How did I put it on Facebook? Humanity is not agreeing with you at this point. <laughs> well, after after multiple months of on the dole, as they say. Um, Catelyn Moran 
was talking once about having to travel. I think she did a couple of days having to travel during regular work hours from where she lives to like London or something mm-hmm. and doing the whole rush hour thing, which she usually doesn't because she's a writer. So she makes her own schedule. Yes. She's like, I don't understand how people do this day in and day out. They are insane. No wonder people are mental. It's because doing the nine to five rush hour thing is awful. Oh, it really is. I don't think it's that bad, but I'm also not doing nine to five. I'm doing, I only, I'm, I'm working part time at this job I really like, mm. um, which is fine because they pay relatively well and I like the work I'm doing, but having to shift my schedule, I am a night owl by nature. So having to shift my schedule to all of a sudden be a morning person, that doesn't work. You just are tired. And I've had to sort of be a sponge and absorb all this new information, people's names, which we know I'm not very good with. (laughs) Um, and just information on the job I'm doing and how I'm helping other people. How's the, how's the, how's the corpse speak at this job? The what? Corpse speak. What's corpse speak? Corporate speak. Oh, there's no corporate Abbreviations. Speak. Oh my God. The one, well, I've done contract office work a handful of times and learned very quickly that cubicle life does not, you'd think it would. You'd think I'd be, you know, custom built for <laughs> being seated at a desk in front of a computer considering how much of I do that in my spare time, but <laughs> Lord almighty. And yeah, just the corpse speak and abbreviations and all that. You the- walk into some of these environments and it's like, they're they're speaking their own language and nobody wants to be bothered to there are a lot of um abbreviations but that's just because they're they that's how they do it at the place i work um but it's not about the language it's just about the names of things because they're often very long (laughs) (laughs) literally just the name just the names though when i was working at major canadian clothing retailer Mm. they used to use the phrase due diligence and i yep. thought one day i was going to heard break, that one a lot too break something or i i think i had like a mail opener in my hand and i was gonna stab it through someone's eye if someone said due diligence to me one more time thankfully this job is not like that and no one will say due diligence to me and i won't have to hurt them and l- listen for the record um you know everybody treated me very well uh, when i was doing contract office job they taught me a lot they invested in me i appreciate it was not for me. And it's sometimes just not for people. Some of us just want to make podcasts and write. And some of us want to make podcasts and watch lots of television. Yes. Someone give me a job. Or make television. I'd be, I think I'd be pretty good at making television shows. <laughs> you just think? Just a hunch? Yeah. I think I feel it within my soul <laughs> that I would be fantastic at making television shows. With zero experience, she thinks she does. But hey. Well, you, you never. I think I can, you know, put out dream. put out vinyl reissues of old anime soundtracks with no experience. So, so you know, hey, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, or just <laughs> never do it and just think that I'd be great at making t- TV shows in my head. What uh, what what's your what's your first TV show? My first TV show. Yeah. Hmm. What's your first pitch? The shadowy shadowy overlords of Netflix, which I'm assuming just looks kind of like you know the. The seal conference room from Neon Genesis Evangelion, like you just walk into, when you just walk into it, and all these monoliths <laughs> appear in front of you with numbers on them. Yeah, and you don't see anybody; you just speak to them. I assume that's what a Netflix pitch meeting looks like. Probably. Um. So when you're at the desk, yeah, and they all appear around you, and they're like, "Caitlin McKinnon, yeah, pitch." 
Um, it would probably be I'm trying to think. There's so many things I could do. <laughs> There's too much sci-fi fantasy television shows. Oh, oh, I'd have I'd do some sort of uh, mystery show. Um, oh, I could redo. This is what I was thinking of. Okay, so you know how they tried to redo Murder She Wrote? No. Oh yeah, it was this big thing. So um, <laughs> I, don't, I question if it was a big thing. <laughs> it was a big thing because they were going to redo it, and Octavia Spencer was supposed to be in it. She was going to be playing. Um, it's sort of a relaunching of the whole thing. She was going to be a nurse or whatnot. Mm. But that's stupid because <laughs> she was supposed to be Jessica Fletcher. Uh huh. Um, but Angela Lansbury was all upset because Murder She Wrote was all about. In an older woman in Maine, and it was very centered on the town and the people and that kind of thing. And a distinct lack of melanin. Well, yes, it's very, very white in Maine. Um, but I think it would be great if Octavia Spencer was an up-and-coming author and that uh, Jessica Fletcher featured in like the first couple episodes as like doing book signings or like advice or something for <laughs> for this nurse turned I'm mystery see- novelist i'm just seeing fucking murder she wrote beyond right like it's <laughs> what do you mean well, jessica fletcher down in the bat cave telling <laughs> no <laughs> telling octavia spencer where to look look on the nightstand for no, you know it's like when i met brent carver and he's talked to me for like 30 minutes it was the nicest thing and she could just like talk to Octavia Spencer's character who is a nurse who wants to become a mystery writer and I think it would be awesome um and you could just pick a different town and and you could just have Jessica Fletcher you know Octavia Spencer's character is huge into mystery novels and Jessica Fletcher's mystery novels and so she goes to meet Jessica Fletcher and Jessica Fletcher gives her this advice about becoming a novelist and writing and it's all about her starting her career and having these mysteries, these actual real life mysteries to draw on. See, you could do so much with it. I think I would do something like that. But it wouldn't be for HBO because HBO doesn't do nice stuff. They do like <laughs> rape, death, stop, stop, stop. Um, so I'd have to. I think that was actually yeah. a rejected uh, slogan for the fall season. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Used to be it's not TV, it's HBO. Now it's HBO, rape, death, step, step, step. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, or, I mean, a lot of what's been coming out lately um, has been other material that people have sourced from. You don't get a lot of original, well, you get some original TV, but a lot of it. <laughs> As has come up frequently on this show. <laughs> no, you don't get a lot of original stuff. But you get a lot of source stuff. So I might look at comic books or novels i've really liked that i would want to turn into and i think i'd be really good at that turning <clears throat> um stuff i liked reading uh into television i don't want to say for a fact that your murder she wrote pitch is the moment where the monoliths just disappear and the lights come back on without a word but well if it's hbo maybe but i think if it was like i don't know cbs i said or netflix i said hbo i said you were pitching it netflix. Oh, netflix oh netflix would totally take it i don't know they would. I don't know, kid. It almost happened anyways. <laughs> but then Angela Lansbury was like, I don't want this to happen. And she's a goddess. And so they were like, yes, Angela Lansbury, we are sorry. We have upset you. And then there was lots of rumbling. She's like, if you do this, I'll lock you in a room and make you watch that clip of me relaxing in the tub. That is an excellent clip. 
<laughs> Fam, I didn't know this existed until Caitlin forced me to watch it like a year ago, and I, think I, I was sent it to you. Horrified. I force you. I don't know why I don't see this in memes more on the internet, but like, um, listen, imager, you're like totally missing the boat. It's very important for older people to know how to relax and to also feel pleasure. Okay. Talk about fapping, y'all. Talk about a video where Angela Lansbury tells old people how to fap. I think it is delightful and instructive and important. <sighs> hey, you know what? Some people are getting older between the two of us, and it's not me. And they need to take care of themselves. And listen, somebody's got, somebody does not need Angela Lansbury <laughs> to offer any tips on how to fap. Believe me. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So, moving on. News! To so I don't have much, Kate. What do you got? Uh, speaking of George R. R. Martin and adaptations. Who was speaking about George R. R. Martin? But okay, we're talking about HBO. Oh, okay. And we're talking about turning things into other things. <laughs> you know, things that you would read. Cultural things. alchemy, y'all. What do you? Yeah, that, I <laughs> like me. that cultural alchemy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna say I'm a cultural alchemist from now on. <laughs> it's as close as I can get to calling myself a wizard. Okay, so um. There is going to be a, not specifically HBO, but of course there is going to be a vacancy once Game of Thrones goes off the air. Yes, which they have said, uh, they've given in sort of an end season, right? Yeah. It might have been eight, I don't remember. I think it was eight, or, yeah. Um, but a lot of people are excited to hear that uh, Wild Card, which is an anthology by George R.R. R. Martin, yes. um, is being adapted. Okay. It is super cool. It's set in the 1940s. Um, there uh, is an alien virus. It turns people into either kind of things called jokers, which are like zombie evil people, aces, which are like superheroes, and kills a whole bunch of other people. It's super cool. And it's a uh, really interesting world. And people are excited. And we think, who's, who's putting in on this? A company called Universal... Universal... So this isn't HBO buying up all the George R. R. Martin IP they can for... No, unless this company, which I did the thing again where I wrote it and then <laughs> I don't know what I wrote. Universal, something with a C, Productions. Not HBO. No. Um, unless HBO has another name that they develop things under. <laughs> they are developing it. People are excited. Um, I think a couple of other writers have written for the anthology. Yeah, he always, his, Martin's name is always on it as like edited by yeah uh he writes like one story in them and usually there are other people who contribute um so i don't know how I recall, yeah i've heard surprising places like other podcasts and things i listen to um this <gasps> series comes you listen up. to other podcasts i do oh my god how do you think i know who to try to emulate and rip off when we do this one don't say things like that you don't really mean that do you <laughs> if it wasn't for chris and andy we wouldn't be here who's chris and andy don't you worry about that <laughs> okay great job baranski all right. But yeah, so people are excited. They think it's going to be really neat. Speaking of cool worlds and developing cool worlds, it sounds like an awesome world. It's set in the 1940s. Well, so you're on board immediately. Have you seen those dresses? <laughs> dresses, fam. The dresses. Listen, we all know the only reason that I stuck around for Agent Carter or for Annie Fisher was for dresses. So, Yeah, they're important. Here for dresses. Something I'm not necessarily always here for, though. Yeah. Squirrel Girl. Which I just think is ridiculous because Squirrel Girl is amazing. And I know a lot of people, you know, stand for Squirrel Girl, and that's 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 cool. It's your thing, not necessarily my thing. 
However, I am intrigued by this. We have some uh, we have some online petitioning. Petitioning by uh, an actress. We know how I feel about petitions, but it's to, by an actress. Yes. Oh. She's she's putting it out there in the universe. She's she's l- trying to law of attraction this out into the universe. <gasps> Who is it? Because she wants to play Squirrel Girl. Previously, this had been been mentioned by uh, Anna Kendrick, who apparently has no experience with the character, just like her brother handed her a uh, handed her a graphic novel and says, "said I think you should play this character." Hmm. Um, but someone else who seems to know the character much better and would like to play her in an adaptation is an actress named Shannon Purser. Probably not a name you know. No. You definitely know her character, someone she has played recently. Okay. Barb! Barb wants to be Squirrel Girl? Barb from Stranger Things (gasps) wants to play Squirrel Girl, and Marvel, you are leaving fucking money on the table if you do not... Hire this woman immediately. Oh my god, she's perfect. Barb must be Squirrel Girl. She's perfect. Oh, goddamn Barb. MVP. She gave an interview with a site called Revelist. Never heard of it. Basically saying that she thinks Squirrel Girl is adorable and yet totally boss and completely awesome at the same time. And she thinks people need a character like that. Quote, it's easy in the superhero realm to feel like a lot of the female superheroes we see are grown women who are super responsible and know what their purpose is and that kind of thing. Squirrel Girl's a little bit younger and like a real person trying to figure out her life and then also having to save the world. I love that. That's awesome. That is what Squirrel Girl is all about. So, hey y'all, let Barb be Squirrel Girl. Seriously, Marvel. Again, also, if this goes on the board, I think that (laughs) (laughs) for those of you who don't know, the board is all the things that people owe us for. All the all the things that if if people take our ideas and make a million dollars off of, we get a cut. Yeah. So well, this isn't this is actually her idea to be Squirrel Girl, but we th- we are definitely behind it. Bar for Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Two K sixteen. Absolutely. Though, who knows where she'll show up? Because as far as I know, there are no plans to make a Squirrel Girl movie. That would yeah, be a I great don't. TV show. Yeah, I don't. I'm just thinking in my head the places a, stor- a squirrel girl show could go. Netflix. <laughs> Can't put Netflix for everything. Why not? That's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on Netflix, I can watch it. This is how I feel about all the shows. <laughs> after okay, after the first season is released, why wouldn't you sell it to Netflix? Um, do you want the real answer? Yeah. Because most of these studios are getting involved in their own streaming services, and this is why Netflix is investing so hard. And their own content because they're losing a lot of licenses for um, the licenses that they had for movies and TV shows are expiring. And Sony or NBC or Paramount or whoever are taking hold of their content to put it on Show Me or Crackle or whatever. Yeah, but I can't get those because they don't. Honey, they don't care. But they should. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't care if Caitlin can watch How it. Am I gonna they want Caitlin to spend another $10 a month on Show Me or Crackle or any of these other That services. is tea money? <laughs> I cannot sacrifice tea money. Sony is on uh, Sony, you were apparently unaware that you were cutting into the tea budget. So, nobody's also, cutting into the tea budget to watch comedians in cars getting coffee. So, that's all that's all we're saying. Also? Mhm. How else am I going to learn to turn to do, uh, what did we call it? Alchemy? Cultural alchemy. Cultural alchemy, if I can't watch all these, this, all this content being turned into television shows. Well, as we discussed last week, sometimes you just got to do it however you can. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm sorry, y'all. <sighs> Moving on. 
moving on. Okay, speaking of things that have been hard to get access to, but I love watching because they're amazing. Uh, Drunk History. Oh, yes. Which I love because I like history. And I think it's funny when people get drunk. I like drinking. Drunk History for its uh, future season is going to have Lin-Manuel Miranda on. For those of you who don't know, he is the creator of Hamilton the Musical. Actually, it's called Hamilton an American Musical, which I love because you know what Hamilton has? It's got history, which uh-huh. I, I'm a history nerd. Yeah. And it's got hip hop, which I love. And it's a musical. Three things I love all combined. Imagine that. That's some that more of a cultural alchemy going on. Um, and he's going to get drunk, and he's going to talk about, surprise, surprise, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, drunk History has done an Alexander Hamilton story before, and for this one, they're sort of changing it up. Usually, they stay relatively close to the historical descriptions of people. It's not, and sorry, fill me in. It's not... This is the same thing. It started as a web series, and now it yes. has its own show on Comedy Central, right? Yes, that's right. And it's not always necessarily celebrities who are getting drunk and telling the stories. No, sometimes it's... It's usually celebrities reenacting, Yes, but not actually getting hammered and telling the stories. Yes, usually, okay. sometimes it's it's people who are actual like historians. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's friends of the creator yeah, who... Yeah, that's how I think it originally started. Yeah, who know a lot about certain historical people. Um, occasionally they'll have someone relatively well-known who gets super drunk and talks about history. Um, the best part, of course, about drunk history is that all of the ums, the ahs, the derailed trains of thought... All the things we cut out of this podcast on a weekly basis. (laughs) ...get acted out by the celebrities who are doing the roles. Mm -hmm. It's actually, can be quite funny. So, in this case, Alexander Hamilton will be, uh, played by... Alia Shawkat, I believe that's how you say her name. And the person who will play be playing Aaron Burr will be Aubrey Plaza. Well, I am there for that. What's interesting about this is that, as I was saying, usually they keep the descriptions slash the actors um, of the historical figures sort of the same. In this case, obviously, it is two women with... Um, Immigrant backgrounds. Well, I hope all those dudes who didn't go see Ghostbusters are hopping on Twitter and just, you know, grabbing their pitchforks for this one. I, uh, there was a major eye roll there. <laughs> a huge, giant <laughs> eye roll. It may have made a small universe of its own. Listen, if, you, if you're going to commit to being a douchebag, you got to be a douchebag for everything. Uh, That's for all I'm everything? Saying. For everything. You can't even just pick and choose no, what it is you're going to be no, awful about. There's no half steps on the uh, douchebag train. Have you told them that? <laughs> I think most of them know. I think most of them just feel it inherently. Because mm, there's a lot of picking and choosing of which things they're going to be awful so about. Nobody likes a lazy douchebag. Actually, the world could do with a lot more lazy douchebags. Yeah, really lazy. <laughs> like, don't want to start up their computer lazy. Yeah, like, like oh, I got <laughs> all those stairs. But this Go to is, the laptop. This, of course, this sort of gender bending slash um, color bending of these rules um, is sort of inherent to the Hamilton musical. So I like that they're sort of continuing that trend. And that is going to air this fall or a gift for research this one. You know what? GIYF friends, go check it out yourself. I can only be good at so many things, Jordan. (laughs) Research is not one of them. Also, I came in today. You didn't even have any news. All right. I didn't. I really didn't. fam. I had one thing and this is what it was. It was that bizarrely so final fantasy 15 will be coming yeah uh like after 10 years and a billion side stories and yeah 
trailer things and all those beautiful boys driving in their car through the countryside. I could not care less. For many people, been a long ass wait. I don't really care. I haven't been a diehard Final Fantasy person since 13. And even then I didn't finish it. And then it broke off into four more games. And I was like, nope. What? The Chocobo Chick and that dude's afro turned into a person? Nope. Not here for that. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. And it's fun watching your eyes glaze over. But I love Chocobos <laughs> because they're adorable. Who doesn't love Chocobos? And they have their own little song. And I was going to say, they have the best theme in the entire series. And they remind me of Pokemon. Don't sue a square. Um, speaking of Final Fantasy music, uh, yes, three songs on the soundtrack to the upcoming Final Fantasy game being provided by Florence and the Machine. I love Florence and the Machine, specifically the Machine. Um, but <laughs> just, just the Machine. Well, it's you Flor- know Florence, you can take her leave. No, Flo- I, I really do like Florence. She's great, but the Machine does a lot of the work on the music, and she's the best part of it. So there will be yeah three songs. Two originals, a song called Too Much Is Never Enough, and I Will Be, and a cover of the old classic Stand By Me by Benny King, which was released earlier this year. And according to the AV Club, quote, sounds like it was recorded in an enchanted meadow sprinkled with fairy dew. Okay, this is, okay, so we're talking with the music, and I'm sorry to side rail this conversation. Is that sidetrack? I don't know. Whatever that phrase is, that means take things away from what they are usually on. Let me just put my phone down. Um, what? Is with it being the cast from Entourage. Who? The current Final Fantasy crop? The the five Final Fantasy guys that are going on this. I've heard boy band, but I've heard it's a boy band crew. (laughs) Why? Why? Honestly, I remember hearing a lot of complaints when the cast was first sort of... And listen, I've not been keeping up really at all. I just know it's, you know, five dudes in a car basically going on a road trip. Uh, it's always very weird to me to, on one side of the road, have a gas station, and on the other side of the road, have giant dinosaurs to go fight. I don't know how I feel about that entirely. But, eh, it's the world they live in. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of complaints or criticisms, because, you know, you you got to have your best girl. How, how are you supposed to play a Final Fantasy without having a best girl or someone to fight over in online forums, right? Is that a, it's not really a thing, is it? Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> making a screw face, because yes, it's a thing. <laughs> All you have to do is hop into, like, any, like, Final Fantasy VII thread and go, like, Yuffie's better than Tifa and just watch the shit, like, explode. I don't understand. They're cartoon characters. Yeah. They're game characters. Yeah. They're not real people. It's about who you like using in your party, who you think is the best. Okay. I was always kind of a Quistus dude. Quistus was from eight. She was really, like, sophisticated. Like, uh-huh. Her, her first appearance in Final Fantasy Eight, where she was, like, you know, scolding Squall and Cypher, I was like... Yeah, all right, girl. I I don't know what you're talking about. I know. And again, it's awesome to watch you glaze over. Uh, the only one I've uh, seen played is Ten, and I don't know who the girl is with the belt skirt, but I always wanted a belt oh, skirt. Oh, Lulu? The yeah, one who Lulu. was made from my id? From what? My id. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that was... Goth girl with furry bustier who has black magic and has her hair up with a bunch of, you know... I just liked her skirt. Okinawan pins. Yeah, and is wearing, like, you know, fishnet thigh highs and a skirt made out of belts. Yeah. Just a skirt made out of belts just, to me, seems like an awesome idea. Yeah. Thank you, character designer of Final Fantasy X. Whew. Lulu for best girl over everything. This is ridiculous. Everything. They're ca- characters. But they can be proven who's better via statistics in the game, so that's why they like to argue. Is it really why they like to argue, or is it because they have nothing better to do? 601. I guess. 
But yes, as for why it's uh, filled with beautiful boys, because ladies like Final Fantasy games. But they're not beautiful boys. Not to you. They look like douchebags. They also look... They, they all look the same. They all look like K-pop stars. Yeah, but they're not the... They the, know who they are marketing to but with this game. But they don't. That means that they're only marketing to girls who like K-pop stars. That's a very slim margin. I think that's a small group of people. Okay, smallish when you take into... In, to encounter the entire world. The entire world. I'm going with like the Pan Pacific, you know, area. <laughs> the orange the orange wave from uh Korea to Japan. Yeah, no, I think I think they're good. Uh, I don't think I so. Think, I think they're gonna be making that money just fine. But anyway, that's cool, I guess. Florence and the Machine in a video game soundtrack. Yeah. I just I don't care. I mean I care about Florence and the Machine. Uh, yeah, lest anybody think that this was just a, like, you know, cash grab. Yeah. Like, you know, they went to her and said, like, give us some songs. And they were like, sure, here's three B-sides we had lying around that we're never going to do anything with. Florence Welch, the lead singer, and titular Florence in Florence and the Machine, uh, gave a statement saying, I've always seen Final Fantasy as a beautiful and creative game, so I don't think I could have worked with another video game. Uh, she This was a statement she released on Twitter. Quote, it wouldn't have made sense. In some ways, the landscape of Final Fantasy and my own internal landscape seem to fit quite well. It's mythical and beautiful and epic. She also explained her idea for the project, grew out of her appreciation of classical. Quote, I was listening to Classic FM. There was a whole two-hour program about classical music and video games. It was so inspiring and a whole scope of music I didn't know about. It was really fascinating. The music was incredibly beautiful and emotional, and I took it as a sort of sign to see what I can do in this medium. So if you are interested... And those songs, they're on the Spotify's and probably the YouTube's as well. You can go track them down. But what about the machine? What did she have to say about it? Did she work on the music? You're looking at me weirdly. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Well, the machine had nothing to say. Oh. Is the machine a band? No, it's Isabel Summers. Sure. It used to be, it used to be Florence the Robot, and I think it was like Isabel the Machine, and they shortened it to Florence the Machine. They don't give her enough cred. Well, she apparently has nothing to say about this. She probably gets to go to, like, the grocery store, though, so it's probably worth it. <laughs> she, she gets to buy not store brand cheese, so. <laughs> yeah. Stay making that money, machine. What else you got? Anything? Um, no. I don't even know if this is new. Sorry, I just have my phone open because I got an email from Fan Expo, which I think is on Labor Day weekend or the weekend before yeah, or something. it's Labor Day weekend. I'm gone. I think it's, I think it's the weekend I'm gone for, uh, for much more important things. But yes, it's the uh, it's the price list of their photo op packages. I never understood that, but I never understood that either because yeah. man, they are so expensive. I just I guess it's it's not really to take a photo; it's to brush lightly against someone. <laughs> it's to have and never wash that hand again. It's to have you know Marina Baccarin lightly rest her arm around your neck. Yeah, which I mean I don't know if that's worth sixty five dollars to me, but sixty five dollars is it, not. It might be. It's not terrible. It might be. That's pretty reasonable, actually. But uh, she's in Gotham, so... Uh. <laughs> and that's what I always like when I read these things. It's like how they try to, like, maximize the appearances, right? So right. if somebody's been in, like, three things, they'll be, like... They'll assemble packages for, like, three different things. You know, there'll be, like... If somebody was on Gotham and the OC, they'll, like, try what? to build a package based around both of those. <laughs> Which is... Yeah. Uh, that'll be Ben McKenzie, yeah, actually, yeah. from Gotham, who will be there. And you on Saturday and Sunday, and you get your photo taken with him for $70. $70? Yep. Oh, no. Which is, the is. Sa- which is the same as Alan Tudyk, and I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I am sorry. 
Alan Tudyk, you were underselling yourself. 70 bucks for Alan Tudyk? Come on now. If Alan Tudyk touched me, I would <laughs> not wash that shoulder. All right. Uh, Alex Kingston, who is... Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a who thing? It is a who thing. She's, okay. a, she's a who. And she's also in something else coming up that's important. Some second season of a thing that is happening. Oh, things are firing in my brain. I'm going to leave you to that. Yeah, okay. See, Char- Charlie Cox, Netflix's Daredevil, $75. Uh. Which is only $10 more than Eldon Henson, who's play- who plays Foggy. I'm sure somewhere in here there's a package where you can get both of them. Brent Spiner, you can do better than $50. What? Brent Spiner? He, was in, he, he wasn't just in, in Star Trek. Nerds, he was also in Alphas. Nerds, you cannot tell me. Was he? Yeah, he shows up in Alphas. But you didn't watch that far. Not as far as I got. Yeah, Data, you can definitely get more than 50 bucks for a photo op. I'm That's sorry. ridiculous. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, 85, one of the more expensive options. Christopher Lloyd is going to be there? Apparently. Uh, I hope he wears his hair all crazy. Uh, Freema, I'm going to butcher her last name, I'm sorry. Agiaman? Agiaman, yeah. I think no, that's another, another Who companion? Yes, she is. And she was also in uh, Torchwood. And she right now she's in Law & Order um, UK, I think. You can get her for sixty-five. George Takei for eighty. Jillian Anderson for seventy-five bucks. Jillian Anderson also underselling yourself. Haley Atwell for eighty. Um, you're Haley Atwell. Uh, I don't know if I could shell out eighty bucks for Haley Atwell. Yes. But I might. Yes. I might. Jewel State from Firefly, fifty-five bucks. That's a bargain. That is a bargain. What the hell was her name? Uh. Oh my gosh. Oh, they're going to kill us now. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, on one half of my brain, I'm trying to think of what Alex Kingston is going to be in the second season Abandon that. We don't care about that. And the second thing now, Kaylee. Kaylee. Kaylee from Firefly, a bargain at $55. Joan Cusack, what the hell is she doing there? Uh, I don't know. Is she she in a thing? What? John Cusack? Oh my God, can you get both Cusacks? (gasps) They should have a Cusack Cusack club. Cusack panel. John Cusack, $90. That's ridiculous. I don't know that it is. Who pays to see John Cusack? Women who have seen say anything. Yeah, but I'm saying that like he, how is he in sci-fi land at all? Like what has he done? Yeah, I don't know what he's there to plug, but I know a lot of women who between Girls Point Blank, High Fidelity, and Say Anything will gladly part with a C-bill to... (laughs) To get their photo taken with John Cusack. That's weird to the me. The most awkward photo ever, because you know he's not going to be totally happy about it. <laughs> uh oh. What? Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Do you have sixty-five dollars to get your photo taken with Kate Mulgrew? <gasps> A member of the Squee Posse. No. Charter member. No, I don't. I don't even have money to get into Fan Expo. <laughs> yeah, as we've discussed many times. Uh, woo hoo. But Mark Hamill has been in this game long enough to know what he can pull. What's he at? 195. Why wouldn't he just make it 200? Just make it a straight 200. Your your photo with Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, slash voice of the Joker for two bills. You know he's going to give you a good photo, though. Oh, he's going to give you a great photo. He's not going to look miserable like John Cusack would look. No, because he's been doing it for a long time. <laughs> this is his only source of income for a, for a hot stretch in the 80s, I'm sure. So Yeah. I would say 90s. Um, let's get some of these packages. Oh, Stan, Stan Lee, only 105 Wait, Stan Lee is coming? 
Yeah, we talked about this like two months oh, ago. It was like his last Canadian this, appearance. I yeah. thought his it already happened. Nope. Oh. It's this. Last Canadian appearance. He could have probably raked in a little bit more dough. got that to 150 Mark Hamill, a smooth like 40 bucks more than Shatner in the captain's chair. Uh. And <laughs> we, we know your thoughts on, on Shatner. She's Gilmore on Arrow. Girls. And she's on Arrow, apparently. Gilmore Girls. Because you can get an Arrow trio of John Barrowman, Alex Kingston, and someone else for 155 Gilmore Girls. Okay, Gilmore Girls. That's what Alex Kingston's in. Okay. It's really exciting. I don't care. It's Gilmore Girls. I really don't care. This is super exciting. Listen, every back home, every girl I knew who like had a fucking dream catcher in her window was like thought Gilmore Girls was the greatest. So I will never and I have never and will never watch that show. Why? Sorry, shots to Gilmore Girls. It ain't happening. Why? Why do they have a dream catcher in their window? Because, you know, they write like bad poetry and press flowers into into journals and shit like all that demo mage into Gilmore Girls. I really like Gilmore Girls. OK. Do you press flowers in a journal? No. Do you have a dream catcher? No. Don't lie to me. I don't have a dream catcher. I've got wind chimes. Uh, okay, listen. For only 20 bucks more, you can get Christopher Lloyd and the DeLorean. Oh. Oh, I think that's worth it. That, that might be the best deal of the, Though, of the entire family. I have a picture of the DeLorean, so if I took a picture of Christopher Lloyd, I could just superimpose him in front of it. Hot damn, you can get both of the Cusacks. Can you? <laughs> for 150 bucks. Cusack Club. Cusack Club. Somebody make a hand gesture for that. If you're listening to this and you're going to Fan Expo, listen, hive mind, get a Cusack Club uh, hand signal together. And if you, if anybody buys this, you make them do it. You post it to our Facebook group. <laughs> and whoo, sharp increase for, uh, oh, no, because you get the Punisher as well. Sorry, I forgot he was there. You get you get, Darede- get Matt Murdock, Foggy, and the Punisher for $205. That's, that's. I well. thought it was just Daredevil and Foggy, but. I'd three sp- of them. Three of them for two hundred five. Not if I'm going to go see Kate Mulgrew. I don't even care. <laughs> That's Caitlin's pick for <laughs> for best deal of fan expo. Yeah, <gasps> sixty five bucks. Oh my god, I forgot. Huh? I have other Star Trek news. Oh, I thought I didn't have fuck. Star Trek news because remember how last week <laughs> we said he's going <gasps> to release all these details. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Star Trek's this the Discovery. Oh, stupid Matt told me something about this. I think he knew what the news was going to be. Yeah. Let's see. Let's okay. Tell me what the it's news gonna is. It's going to be set before original series. Uh huh. Um, and they're going to have a female. That's what Matt told but me. But yeah. she's not going to be a captain. She's going to be commander. Uh huh. Um, and that's awesome. But she's the POV. Yes, she is. Mm. I'm very excited. <laughs> Super excited. Soup's hat. Lest you thought we'd make it out of here. Without a Star Trek update. Well, In at the wire, Caitlin McKinnon. I didn't have anything written down. I thought I didn't have Star Trek news. It was just a part of you. You just like absorbed it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was inside you. Well, because I was so excited. I actually looked for what he had released because I was so excited about it. <laughs> Why do you not just have Google alerts on your phone at this point? Um, Because I like going to go get the news as opposed to the news coming to me. It's <laughs> very forward thinking of you. I get too many. I get too many alerts. <laughs> I like the idea of going to go look for information. Between astronomy and Idris Elba and Star Trek, if you were just getting alerts for all of your interests. No, like... I, I actually go and look for all these things. <laughs> I Okay, look, my brain is full of all kinds of esoteric knowledge. I it's As we know, I can't, I can't even fit names in there. So I need to be very careful about what <laughs> or, I choose. Or the opening to this podcast. Or the opening to this podcast. Well, I think that's just about all the news and whatnot that we have for this week. Uh, no. No? 
I believe you have some Steven Universe news. Oh, right. I was trying to blot it from my mind, apparently. So, yeah, this is a, a thing that... Man, we're going to end on a bummer today. Um, no, because it's not the end of the podcast. So, you will recall when we first discussed Steven Universe months ago, when Caitlin brought it to me, I'd never seen the show before, I said that one of the things that made this show hard for me to kind of step into was my uh, anecdotal knowledge of the awfulness that accompanies the Steven Universe fandom. I believe yep. I said at the time, the first, th when you type in, when you start typing Steven Universe into Google, yep. one of the suggested results that will pop up is fandom worst. And and what was interesting also about this is because I don't get alerts and stuff coming to me, I had no idea about this. <laughs> I had seen a whole bunch of the show, had no idea that there were problems with the fandom. Well, things have been kind of light this third season. So yeah. we going along, hadn't really heard much. Steven Universe just kind of trucking along. No real issues. Until now. Oops. Did you think we were going to make it out clean? Silly people. <laughs> you silly people. News this week that a storyboard artist on Steven Universe named Lauren Zook, I hope it's pronouncing that right, Z-U-K-E, uh, has left Twitter. She boarded it up. She's like, nope, had enough of that. She didn't just leave Twitter. She erased her account. Yeah. Because she was getting harassed by fans. Are you ready for the reason why fans were harassing her? What's the reason? It's very important, Caitlin. It's very serious business. I'm being facetious. People are so fucking worked up over bullshit. So, recent episode of yep. the show, uh, Stephen and Amethyst went to visit Peridot at the farm. Yep. Peridot has been living at the farm with Lapis. Cool. Who had been... Kind of, she had been fused with Jasper to kind of keep Jasper under control. The fusion like broke off. The hunt for Jasper has kind of been the underlying story of this season. Apparently, there are now camps that are breaking off. People who want Peridot and Amethyst in a relationship. Right. And people who want Lapis and Peridot in a relationship. These are the uh, Amadot or Lapidot camps. Okay. It's, the, it's a real Jets and Sharks situation out there. Um <laughs> Lauren Zook posted some art of Lapis and Peridot together. Have right. you seen the art? No. Let me show you just how innocuous this is. Oh, cool. This is what Lauren Zook posted. It's just Peridot and Lapis smiling at each other. And then Lapis holding a bow tie, which was something that came up in that episode. Um, this set the Amadot camp into a tizzy. Why? Because that's not the ship they want. But it doesn't even show anything. It just shows them together talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. But the Amadot camp believed this meant Zook was, you know, staking her claim for the Lapidot. She's an artist. Ship. They also accused her. This is Sorry, this is coming from io9. Accused her, a gay woman, of queer baiting. Which what? is, in some circles means teasing queer fans with a possible ship that never happens. In others, it is bringing up a character's sexual orientation to encourage homophobic attacks against them, which is ridiculous because this is Steven Universe we're talking about. But that doesn't make any sense. Whether she was with either of them, they're all ladies. And fictional characters. Well, exactly. That's the whole big thing. All of these people are ship 
fictional characters. So uh, these tweets are all gone, but this is basically what Lauren Zook had to say. Quote, I decided I don't want to be accessible to thousands of people who think because I work on a TV show that I owe them myself all the time. That's a great reason, Lauren. I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't have control over everything. I like Lapis and Peridot. They're cool. Shout out to people who enjoy the show or criticize it too. Remember, you're tweeting a literal human being. That's what I am, by the way. And life exists outside of Steven Universe. Bye. If you're a friend, you can text me or reach my work email. Yeah. So way to go, Steven Universe fans. You've done it again. And I know we are speaking only to a small segment. You're also the loudest and cause the most damage. That's insane. So what do we always say on this show? Do better. Fucking do better, nerds. Just do better. We're the only... What is the point? We're the only sane people in the world. What is the point of any of this? You drove a woman who works on something you love off of the internet. Yeah. For what? For what? And listen, personally, I'm kind of lapidot. <laughs> if you're forcing me to pick sides, you know, no. when you're a lapidot, it's a lapidot. You'll stay from your first cigarette to your last dying day. That's me, bro. Is that is that you're going to die on that hill? If they want to, they can come for me. I'll put I'll put it in the fucking Twitter bio. I would love to see that. Jordan loves, you know, what, what what's the bio? Jordan loves anime and giant robots. Caitlin loves tabletop games and Doctor Who. Hashtag Team Lapidot. Personally, I don't think anybody should be fighting for Lapis. She's kind of one of the least interesting characters to me. It's another I, reason they're going to come for me. Again, like, I like watching this stuff, but I'm not invested in any of this except there's only one good thing to come out of all this hmm. so i was looking at some of the comments because i was reading the article we have I been know, over this I'm caitlin sorry but good things came out of this uh-huh. did you know there's an animorph fandom <laughs> i'm not surprised i didn't know there are other people who love animorphs as much as i do also there's a xena fandom but that's a whole other subject well how was there not but Animorph fandom. What Caitlin's referring to is like in the comments in this io9 article, a bunch of people were coming saying, you know, which fandoms are the most and least toxic. Yeah. So people were just naming fandoms. So Caitlin, I did see the comment about the Xena fandom. Caitlin apparently dove deeper and saw there was an Animorph fandom, which I was not aware of. We already know how uh, anime fandoms can break down. We discussed that last week. Yeah. But just, just like the thing you like and don't be a fucking jerk. And don't feel you're entitled to harass somebody who works on the thing you like. It's insane. And the idea that a storyboard artist is deciding (laughs) who... Exactly, right? Like, that just is kind of mental. She's an employee. She gets a script from writers. Uh, Yeah. And then starts drawing the storyboards. It's crazy. Anyway, we're after the break, we're going to talk about... Well, they might not be happier things, but it'll be a different subject at least. Um, and, uh, it's going to be interesting. It will be interesting. What are we talking about after the break, Kate? We are talking about Winona Earp. Winona Earp in the third installment of... Of, oh, oh, Jordan and Kate's Watcha-Palooza. Is that what it's called? Watcha-Rama! Wow. I got it! Just... Finally! It's, it's like a, like a puppy falling down the stairs. It's Not like... good at names, Okay. <laughs> Started out, got down the first couple, and then it was just Caitlin and Jordan's August Watcherama. There you go. Where we watch the same thing for the whole month of August. Because there's just there's too much TV right now, friends. Too much. 
We gotta, we're going to miss out on some shit, some of which maybe we should have. But we'll talk about that when we come back after this. See you soon. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the section of the show when we usually sit down and talk to each other about what we brought one another. But right now, because it's August, we decided to do a watcharama, which I couldn't remember in the first half of the show. But that's okay. I've remembered it now. So for the month of August, what we're doing is we're looking at one show, the both of us, and coming to talk about it because there is so much out there. So much, you guys. But... The rules still apply. The rules still apply. The first rule being? The rule of three. Which is we will watch, read, absorb something, at least three of those things. Because pilots are usually not that good. And you want a little bit of a sense of the show. Yes. So usually by third season, they started to do some... Third episode. That's what I meant. Usually by third episode, they tra- they started to do um, work on the characters and the character development. And Kinks of- have been worked out, hopefully, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're introduced to basically all the characters. Usually, they get you to want to watch the next episode, like last week with Cleverman. The second rule is... Hashtag, save it for the pod. Which means that Jordan and I will not talk about the thing that we have watched... Until we're sitting across from each other. Don't talk about the thing. No. Even though we might really, really want to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it is a policy, is that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers this week. Who cares? Wow. Coming out <laughs> strong. Um, so if you are one of those people who absolutely cannot stand spoilers, this would be the time to hit the road. Thank you for hanging. We appreciate it. We will see you next week. Have some tea if you have air conditioning. Uh, eat some cheese. Watch some Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Live life if you have air conditioning. Yeah. Just so enjoy, clean your living room. Enjoy your existence more than we are if you have air conditioning. Yeah. And uh, away we go. Away we go. This week, there was no real sort of external need to look at this one. I feel like Stranger yeah. Things, it was like, we have to talk about Stranger Things or we're, God, we're so out of the conversation. We have to get in on it. Um, and Clever Man was a very buzzworthy show that I felt we need, we needed to get onto as yeah. well. Kind of handed it to Kate this week, said, what's on the list? What do we got? And she handed us Winona Earp. Yep. So uh, it is actually a uh, Canadian Western horror fantasy. It is on sci-fi. It has had 13 episodes. Um, It has been picked up for a second season of 10 episodes, so a little bit shorter. It was created by Emily Andras, and it was based on the Winona Earp graphic novels by Bo Smith, which are very different. Are they? They are. Have you not read them? Nope. Oh. Um, Yes, they are very different. I like the... I'm just going to put this out there. I like the graphic novel better. But, anyways, Jordan, what did you think about the show? Nope. Why? (laughs) That was a really (laughs) concise, (laughs) I mean, concise uh, opinion. Why, why did you not like it? Did you even get, did you get through three, three episodes? Oh, it was real hard hitting that third, hitting that butt, hitting the butt, play button on the third one. (laughs) Not gonna lie. I just have, listen, 
we are coming off some highs. Yeah. For the last two installments of the Watcharama. Yeah. Stranger Things. It's an eight for me and a nine for you. Yep. Clever Man, I think we both gave an eight. I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it was going to be a hard road for whatever came next. Um, um, yes. I mean... Put it to you like this. Why my reason for not liking this show or why it just cannot match up to um, what we have discussed previously on one of the next episode, you know, things that came up, you yeah. know, a little promo that runs during the credits. Mm-hmm. It was like Winona Earp Fridays at 10 on sci-fi. I was like, yep, that's definitely when this show airs. It is some Friday night at 10. So I was very disappointed because I wanted it to be good. Mm. I love Cowboys. I love sci-fi. I like guns. I did not particularly like this show. No? No. There were... it. it the acting was terrible. Like, the bad yeah, guys the bad were guys awful. 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 Just... Well, no, listen, before we start getting... Give us, give us the breakdown. What's the show about? Oh, um, the show is about a descendant of uh, the Earp, Wyatt, that everyone knows and loves. Which, by the way, listen... It's an awkward name to say. Wyatt? No. <laughs> Erp. Erp? Um, I don't know. I don't find Erp particularly hard to say. This is a weird name. No, but I've, listen, have you ever met an Erp in your life that wasn't Wyatt? This is not a name that's out there frequently. No. So when, you know, shadowy government agent keeps referring to her by her, her last name. Erp. Erp. <laughs> okay, now that you put it Erp, get way. down. Erp. <laughs> Stop it. Can you just call her by her first name, please? Also, speaking of that, first uh-huh. names, they keep on calling her Winona. It's Winona. It is Winona. It is Winona. Okay. Anyways, anyway, continue. Sidetrack. You're continuing. Oh, I'm... Oh, yeah, right, right, of course. Um, she is a descendant of Wyatt, Wyatt Earp, Herp. and she is a demon hunter. That is, they're, they have some curse on their family. They have to hunt these demons that are stuck in this town called Purgatory. The demons are all the 77 people, people who Wyatt Earp put has down. killed. And they, every new, so every time an, the, an Earp who has this demon fighting ability dies. The heir. The heir. Um, the Not 77. To be confused with the slayer. <laughs> yeah, the 77 or the uh, number of these ancient outlaws that are originally put down they come back they basically oh is that how it works i i believe that's what i got from it i didn't really get how it worked because they talk about trips down south yeah and some of them have been and gone a few times yes and i didn't know why that meant i didn't know they yeah, basically, i didn't really get how that worked they basically once they have been killed say so erp killed 77 of them they came back when erp died and oh, okay. i'm guessing his yeah, son okay. took on the mantle that makes sense then the 77 came back. Whoever that son was, we're going to call him Philip. Philip <laughs> killed 16 of them. Good on you, Phil. When Phil died, those 16 came back, and so on and so okay. forth. That, that, I guess, is the Erp, the Erp curse. Yes. Which means these ne'er-do-wells will always come back, uh, and they are also limited to an area. I don't remember what the hell they call Called it. Called the triangle. Something triangle. It's the bedrock of something, or I don't know. There's something to do with the bedrock. They're, they're contained within... That area, they cannot cross the boundaries of it. So that is really their goal, as I understand it. From what I've seen in these three episodes, they're trying to find their way out of the triangle so they can wreak havoc on the world at large. And so, you know, they can 
I guess not hang out there anymore and murder and pillage yeah, other I guess, places. I guess the murder scene is really getting played out in Purgatory and they yeah, want to like, you know, bust out and, you know. Uh, and also, can we just say, why would you live there? <laughs> why, like, just... Are the property values that good? Like, yeah. It's <laughs> a real high standard of living in, in Purgatory where yeah. it's like the demons are, you know, you can deal with the demons because it seems like everybody around kind of knows about them. Yeah. CSIS knows about them. Apparently. Yeah. Like, uh, the town is in Canada? I, I didn't quite get that. I think the town is in the States. That would make a lot more sense. So but why is it a cross-border agency? I, I That's a great, because it's made by Canadians. Okay. They really wanted to insert Ottawa in there. Need some CanCon content in there to uh, get their grant money. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Winona has returned to her hometown of Purgatory because her uncle has been uh, killed, killed. Which she, she realizes which is... She suspects is under... Sh- because suspicious of circumstances demons and apparently that was all a trap um to lure her back to purgatory because they want Wyatt Earp's gun for some reason the gun is the only thing that can send them back yes they cannot be killed under any other means yeah um so Wyatt Earp's ridiculously long-barreled gun <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple things about the show the acting is terrible the guy who plays Doc Holliday I can't I can't Listen, he yeah, Doc Holliday is in the show. We should mention as well. Um, uh, he apparently betrayed. At, after three episodes, we don't know why, or we don't know what his deal is. No. He's not a demon. No, he made clear many many occasions. He wants revenge on the Erps for some yeah. reason. Yes, he also wants the the Stone Witch. This which, yeah, which is a name that started getting tossed about in episode three. And apparently, he's also the one who can help them cross the border yeah. of the triangle. And apparently whatever he is, the stone witch created it or him or whatever happened to him. Yeah. And he is terrible. <laughs> I can't I can't deal. We know how you feel about Tombstone Doc Holiday. It's like he watched that movie and he's not a very good actor and he tried to do Val Kilmer as Doc Holiday and it didn't work. The cherry on my Sunday. <laughs> um yeah, it's like me and the Joker, right? Like, you know, Heath Ledger did the Joker, and it's like, that's it. Like, sorry, Jared, no one else is doing this. Val Kilmer did Doc Holliday, and you were like, yeah, that's it. No one else is ever can ever do Doc Holliday. Well, I think other people can do it. I just don't think he did it. <laughs> that dude did not do it. No. Um, and every time he spoke, I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> and listen, I was going to say I feel terrible. I don't feel terrible. Um, so you get flashbacks into Winona's... Uh, and... And History, and Waverly's. All, all W names. Yeah, Apparently that's another, another thing with the herbs. You always have to be named. Yeah. Uh, with a name starting with a W. So her father and her sister Willow. Willa. Willa were both uh, murdered by this group of uh, revenants. Is that what they call revenants, them? Revenants, yeah. Uh, Which are the demons who've come out of hell. Yes. Uh, seven of them. They're just called the Seven. And they, they make off with Willa, and then I don't know if her dad goes with them to try and bargain for Willa's life or what. Or but they get, he gets pulled out of the house or something. The seven are making off with Winona and Waverly's dad. Young Winona to try, tries, decides to play hero and grabs Wyatt Earp's gun, and in an attempt to shoot one of the demons, ends up shooting her father in the back at which point I busted out laughing in a way that this show had not made me laugh up to that point. And I'm like, oh, that's not what they were going for there at no. all. They had jokes and shit to try to get that reaction out of me, none of which worked. 
I... This young girl shooting her father in the back, though. Woo, best laugh of the show. I thought some of the dialogue was good, and I thought some of the dialogue was the worst dialogue ever. It's a very shallow pool, but I will say that the one, the actress playing Winona is the best. I like Winona. I like I Waverly. Mean, if you were going to give... <laughs> If this is the talent pool you had available to you and you had to pick the best one to play your lead character, you did. Yeah. Um, Also, I really loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying and they're not succeeding. No, no. Wow, we really don't like this show. Listen, I was really hoping it wasn't going to be one of those things where I was just like... Oh, this is hot garbage, and Kate <laughs> likes it, and it's awkward. But yeah, no, this is. I was really disappointed. I was really excited for demons. This and is Cowboys. worse than Supergirl. Yeah. I feel like I kind of even had more fun watching Supergirl than I did watching this. Yeah. It just wasn't fun. There was nothing. It and it did it. It accelerated the story way too quickly, and it didn't. It could have left certain things a mystery. And I think just in general, because I, I was really kind of bristling against the character of Winona to start. I started thinking, oh my god, is this the tulip problem again? Is this this thing where I just I just can't deal with difficult women because I'm a you know closet misogynist? But I started thinking, no, I just don't like that you know damaged character who's got a chip on their shoulder and like is always you know lashing out at everybody because I didn't like the dude in Misfits either, and he had the same sort of vibe yeah. that Winona has in those early episodes. Uh, I think she's a little bit better than he is. I'll, I'll give you that, yeah. But still, as far as the like. That first episode where she's just, you know, lashing out at everybody and it's like, I'm take her aunt's truck and go do this and start digging up bodies and <laughs> whatever, just doing whatever the hell she wants with little regard for how it's impacting anyone else. I am. Um, uh, I think I liked I liked the characters a little bit better, I think, than you did. Obviously, I liked the dialogue a little bit better, but I'm all for cheesy Buffy the Vampire Slayer dialogue. Um, go Joss Whedon. Some of the story points I thought were okay. I just, like you said, it just wasn't really engaging. It wasn't as fun as they wanted it to be. It was a really, I don't like them trying to, they've tried to speed up the story, I think, to get people hooked in really quickly. Mm. So there's the thing with the police officer and Waverly, uh, that little romance that started. Yeah, which um, I did It was really forced. It was yeah. very strange. Just and and custom built for uh, a fandom hashtag, because when I was yes. looking stuff up, all I saw was you know, uh, Winona Earp best way hot moments. Yeah, because um, it's Officer Hot, H A U G H T, which is which again I don't think it's a name that's ever existed. <laughs> um, but that was super super forced and awkward. Yeah, she just um, like walked into the bar and it was like, she took her top off. Hey, what's up? Yeah. I'm the new, I'm the new deputy. You wanna? <laughs> <laughs> The new deputy, you want a scissor? Like, that's basically, <laughs> yeah. that's basically what it was like. Um, and then the... It was like, oh no, my t- it was basically like bad porno just without any sex. It was like, oh, I spilled... I keep telling Shorty to fix the taps, but I got all this beer on my shirt. Yeah, I'm going to mind turning take... around so I can take my top off and dry it off? It Uh-oh. ridiculous. It got stuck on my bra. I guess you got to help me. It like, was... in any other scenario, this would have ended in, like, explicit lesbian sex, but... <laughs> But it's not that type of show. It's not on Showcase. Um, and then <laughs> to, to their detriment. And then um, they're trying. They're starting to try and make a romance between the main police officer or the agent and Winona. Agent, what the hell's his name? Doors. Doors. <laughs> Who is naming these people? 
<laughs> Clever man had much better names. God, um, yeah, yeah. Like no, in the hostage situation where they're trying to like in the third episode, yeah, where he like is placing a tracker on her, but yeah. he does it like it's the you know he's always very gruff and doesn't you know he's world weary and doesn't do you know doesn't socialize doesn't, doesn't do anything smile but never smiles yells at everybody and he's like sending Winona into this hostage situation and then like lightly caresses her face and tussles her hair yeah and it's all to put this tracking device on her but like what she doesn't yeah. even like bat an eye like like you are acting completely insane right now maybe she could tell what he was doing immediately i don't know it's not really conveyed no with the camera she, work she's oh well she knows he's he's she reached for it later on and yeah. like pulled it out and so the audience yeah. could be like oh that's what he was doing even though we all kind of fear i thought he was putting an earpiece or something in her but yeah anyways so that didn't doesn't work at all so trying and then there's also they're trying to make a uh but like i almost thought their dynamic work listen of all the forced dynamics they're trying to push in this show yeah. i thought doors and winona was like the most interesting yeah can, but can't they just be friends <laughs> no why can't anyone ever just be friends we need a triangle well, because then they have Doc Holliday. Yes. Who, ew, he's got all, like, he's got the clap. And, like, I just, and he's a demon. Crack, crack a book, Winona. You know he's riddled with disease. <laughs> and he just, his mustache isn't well-groomed. And that's not Doc Holliday <laughs> at all, first of all. His mustache was usually very well-groomed. He was very well-groomed. And he was a dentist. Um, so at least his oral hygiene is better. Yeah, it just, it was a lot of forced things they were trying to do a lot of tropes um but the premise which thank you Bo Smith is interesting in the graphic novel and I think it would have made a great television show if I had developed it um but I didn't get a chance and they kind of really took the fun out of the the concept so why is you've read the graphic novels uh yeah a long time ago mind you um but why are they better because they're kind of silly. They've got these, it's it's almost a little bit reminds me of True Blood. They okay. have these, instead of, they're not demons, they're a vampire coven. She hunts all kinds of things. It's very like Buffy in that way. Mm. Um, there are like mountain goblins that she goes after at one point. Like it's, it's, it takes itself a lot more lightly than the show. It knows what it is. Exactly. And, um, it, yeah, it's it's not as um, heavy-handed with the tropes. Mm. It's it's different, and it's interesting, whereas this is very... I mean, it, it's like so many other shows that came out after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, you've got... I still can't believe it's on the air, uh, but Grimm, Demon that's Hunting... That's still on. That's still on. Demon Damn. Hunting show. Uh, what's we, that one that... We know it, Supernatural will never super, die. Supernatural... Um, there's actually a whole bunch of them that all sort of came out. Oh, um, this show actually really reminds me of, uh, it was another Canadian show, Lost Girl, uh, which also had two yeah, 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 female protagonists, um, who, who, in that show was actually, it was Canadian as well. It was a little bit different because it used fairies and stuff in it um but it was a lot of fun and it was that kind of cheesy fun but it knew it was cheesy fun mm. it didn't take itself too seriously um so yeah it just didn't work on a whole bunch of different levels yeah this sh this show or this adaptation is trying for a sort of emotional resonance i think that it's just not ever really going to be able to pull off i don't care about your curse i don't care about 
whatever the curse is. Yeah. I don't care about what whoever anybody's plans are. I don't care about what Doc's up to. I don't I don't I don't care. There's too much good stuff out there. Yeah. Like when I real <laughs> when I realized that I had to watch a third episode of Winona Earp <laughs> and I've only watched like twenty minutes of the get down. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, I actually did. I, I almost didn't watch the third episode. No, I almost was like, ah, just read the synopsis. I know what this is. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, I just again, I I I don't mind some tropes. I just can't take the heavy handedness with them. It was just like every other scene. But was. I mean, this is just one of those like, and you know, I don't want to heap shit at sci-fi, but it's like this is just kind of their stock and trade, like an okay show like they're they're the sci-fi network i don't think they have a whole lot of money no so they need but they need to start manufacturing that content too right so this is why like you get haven running for like you know nine seasons or whoever ungodly amount that show ran for i just think they need to diversify stuff this just kind of like not terrible it's not the worst thing i've ever seen it is far from the best oh yeah but it's not the worst you know these shows that aren't great but at aren't awful and they're just kind of really middle of the road and they basically exist only for people who watch a lot of sci-fi network i really think that if they had taken more from the graphic novel it would have been a much better show but i mean it must it's clicking with somebody if they got a second season Ah, uh, i guess yeah all those people who really loved buffy who are like hankering for more buffiness so who knows maybe they do learn to take themselves less seriously and this is what we said about supergirl listen if you've watched it tell me because lord knows i'm never going to watch it there was the slightest of upward curves yes over the three episodes we said this about supergirl too like there was a sign of improvement as it went along there were signs of improvement here the leap was not nearly strong enough to make me want to continue watching it so if it if that increase continued and you have seen the season sure let me know go to bat for it um you ain't gonna change my mind but i'm curious to know at least why this show connected with enough people to warrant a second season and i don't know i just i feel like there are so many different stories out there and this has just been told before i guess i guess that's how sort of i've come to the conclusion of it and, like, I know everything that's going to happen for the rest of the season. I don't even have to look at the synopsises <laughs> or synopses. Um, but I think I think Ryan Griffin should totally uh, write for sci-fi. <laughs> you just write them. Be like, I have some ideas <laughs> that are not the same thing over and over again. Ugh. So, loath as I am to do it. Yeah. What are, what are we giving this bad boy? I'm giving it 6.5. Mm, more generous than I was going to be. My my knee jerk says four. Wow. So go with four. Yeah, four. Four and six point five. That's well mine is because I could see people watching it and there were highlights. There were bits in the series that I thought were good. I liked all the women. I'm all about women being in roles, doing stuff. Um but there is lots of women, you got your queer ship in there, you can you can get get behind, you know, you have a you have relationship tension between an interracial couple you know it's, it's it's sticking some diversity boxes in there so i mean credit credit for that but if i was gonna really get into like modern westerns i would watch more longmire also Sadie, katie sackoff isn't it 
We know you feel about Katie Sackhoff. I listen. It's it's unfortunate timing that we got to this after Stranger Things and Clever Man. I don't know that the grading would have been that much more generous had it been first. No, it wouldn't. Um, it definitely would have been amended after the fact, after we had watched those other two shows. Um, but there's just, there's there's too much right now. Yeah. Like like I said, going into that third episode and realizing that like I have yet to watch another episode of Clever Man. I have not seen hardly any of the Get Down. Like, I had to force myself to get caught up on the night of, like there's there's just just, peak tv is real fam like there's too much right now yeah and that's there will be casualties in that in a scenario like that and i'm sorry winona you have you are getting left by the side of the road yeah i i i agree you you are stepping off the bus of my (laughs) of my television viewing that's the other thing are people really that, that like dicks like that? Were they, <laughs> they just, just abandoned like <laughs> some two women with strange sounds in the woods? Well, that sounds weird. Bye. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> you know where the town is, right? You'll be fine. Yeah, it just. Uh, anyways, that even that first scene. Of course, it was a blonde girl, and she got off the bus. And I just thought, even from that first scene, I was like, she made a weird comment about shitting in the woods too. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Hey, Winona Earp, that's out there. If you feel like watching it, it's yeah. on Sci-Fi. Friday's at 10. You can commiserate with us if you want to. <laughs> if you go past the third episode, we ain't going to have much to say, because neither of us are giving any more time to this show. But. No. I have too, mu- too many other things to watch, like you said. Let's run through some of them, eh? Yeah. Updates. Updates. I watched another episode of Clever Man. How you feel? Um, Don't spoil s- anything. Oh, I can't. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, Was Ryan just- Griffin right? Well, yes, yes, <laughs> but there, are the, there's a thing in the sh- in the episode I was really unhappy about, and I can't talk about it now because you don't want me to spoil it. So oh, fine. we will talk about it next week. It's only a tiny bit, but you know what's going to happen. You can talk about it if you want. It's fine. Okay. I don't care. So the spoilers mother- for any of y'all who are watching. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, go watch uh, episode four of Clever Man. Plug come your back. ears and go la 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 for la, five la, minutes. La, la, la. Um, the mother gets raped. Like the cancer mother? What? No. The Oh, the, <laughs> sorry. The mom and the, the hairy mom. Yes. I'm going to say it again because I really believe it. Rape is not a storyline. So there. That's what I have to say about that. I think that is a cop out and I think that it is um, lazy. There we go. And we're moving on. Well, we got to make our story tragic, Kate. How, okay, how fine. are we going to do that? You can even How are we going to do that? Fine, make her the test subject, make the dad get raped. <laughs> I'm just saying, why does it always have to be a woman storyline? Also, she could have clawed his heart out and eaten it. She could have Was uh, it the minister or just a random dude? It, no, it was the minister. Mm. Or uh, because he's a bad guy and you need to know that he's a bad guy cuz he Because he's got to rape someone. He's got to rape someone. Yeah. Um also you could, it could have happened, and you could have dealt with the aftermath. You didn't have to show that. You could deal with the most important thing, which oh, is then not... Oh, ju- then it was just peace out onto the story? Or? Yeah, it, it's, it's... You can have it happen off screen. You can deal with the most important part of that type of story, which is the aftermath, and how someone learns to cope and deal and move on or doesn't, and how that affects someone being violated like that rape itself is not 
is unless that is the story you're telling about someone, that is not a storyline. And you know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, it. I haven't seen it. So I can't say for sure one way or the other. If I agree with this assessment, you're probably right. But I will withhold comment until I see the episode. The rest of the episode was great, though. Um, so not enough to sour you on the... You're not, you're yeah. not about to Game of Thrones this and just, like, abandon ship. No. Uh, because I really want to know what else happens, and I want to see how they develop, and I like where the story is going, and I'm hoping that... Because I've only seen episode four, I don't know how episode five and six mm. goes on to talk about this. Yes. I just have certain feelings about it, as we know. Well, hopefully the show does right by that or you feel it does um man yeah i haven't had a chance to watch anything like i said i had to make i had to make time to watch the night of because i knew if i missed if i went like a week i was just gonna like fall off completely i sent you your update you didn't re- you didn't reply because if i reply i get too anxious <laughs> i read it really quickly and Nas is descending fam he's doing what he's got to do to survive in rikers and he's gonna die <laughs> well we don't know that I heard somebody mention, uh, Chris and Andy were mentioning that, like, invariably, we are past the halfway point. A show like this has got to pivot into more of a, like, whodunit. Right. And that's kind of, like, the point we are at. Okay. Where, like, you can't spend the whole six episodes just looking at, like... The system? This dude, yeah. Eventually, you have to start moving on to, like, trying to solve the case, which is where we kind of are getting to. There's, like, a tragic bit that came up again this week where, like, so the other two guys who are in on... Because apparently, to get whatever you need to to drive a cab in New York, or anywhere, I think, is, like, a crazy amount of money. Oh, yeah. A like, Toronto like cab 50 license? 50 grand or something. Yeah, like. it's ridiculous. So what you have is basically you have, you know, rich people or cab companies, like, essentially buying them and loaning them out on spec and yeah. oftentimes working these dudes, like, into the ground. Um as they try to, you know, pay back the investment that's been made in them for the cab or whatever. Uh, in the night of, the ticket or tag or whatever is shared by Nas's dad and these two other guys. Yeah. And the cab is now evidence. So now it's just not Nas's family who is being Affected. impacted by this. It's these other two guys who are, like, not family. It's just, like, an Eastern European guy and a third guy who's never really spoke. But um, when they go to the evidence yard a couple episodes back to try and figure out how they can get the cab back the desk cop there basically tells them that the only way, the only chance they have of getting it back sooner than later is to charge Nas with grand theft. Oh my God. As well. Cause he didn't have permission to take the cab. Um, and there's a legal thing that it can, they can get it back quicker if they charge Nas with grand theft. So we're like trying to convince Nas's dad to charge his son with grand theft on top of everything else. That just, so that they can he, get the cab back. That and that scene me... of the three of them, like trying to like hash this out where like the two guys are getting, progressively irritated because their livelihood has been completely affected through no fault of their own but what the fuck is Nas's dad supposed to do he's not gonna charge his kid with grand theft when he when he's facing all this other shit you know this murder charge and everything else um yeah there was an amazing scene where Totoro and the uh the what the hell is her name fuck I can't remember her name the uh Indian Hindi lawyer who is helping them on behalf of like the fancy firm yeah. Um, so now Totoro and the fancy firm are kind of working together. Totoro's like a, a, a consultant. And basically what's hap- what has happened is, <laughs> how did he put it? So Omar, name is Freddy in the show, nods in. And it's the first sense you get that like, you know, 
there is a price for all this protection that Nas is getting. Nas now has his own private cell. The guy who threw the prison napalm at Nas, the hot water baby oil combination, Freddy has him brought into the bathroom and the shit beat out of him. And this is the first sense you get where Nas is descending because Nas starts with like a wimpy kick to the side of the guy and then the guy just kind of laughs at him and says like you know i was aiming for your face motherfucker like you got lucky yeah and you see Nas just kind of like and just start wailing on the guy this is what i mean and then Nas like shaves his own head and like uh. <laughs> yeah he's he's descending um so basically a new guy is in and is this new guy's mom appeals to freddie to like write writes him a letter basically like, look after my kid blah 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 so Freddie has this new inmate's mom smuggle a few eight balls upper and the idea is on visiting day the mom will pass it to the kid and then the kid will pass it to Nas and Nas will swallow it in the visiting room and pass it and the drug trade the drug trade continues this is messed oh god but the best line is like Nas is like I, I, I can't I can't do that and we'll say, you know, say the kid's name is Gary. And Freddie's just like, well, you understand, I, I can't have Gary do it. That's like way too psychological. Because <laughs> it's come from up his mom's. Wow. So. That's. <laughs> but Totoro figures out what is happening. Yeah. Because Nas very, not very slickly kind of leans back in his chair, puts his hand behind it. So Gary can drop the eight balls. Yeah. And then it's very like, not discreetly kind of like covering his mouth. You see the scene where he's like trying to swallow grapes whole in his uh oh. in his cell to try and you know like like I have trouble swallowing like you know a maximum strength Tylenol <laughs> <laughs> with water so you know watching that's kind of awkward but um just the way Tuturo delivers the line of just like you know you do what you got to do and like he kind of like makes a gesture at his lips while he does it I understand that. But if you get caught, I cannot, no one can help you and you will never get out of here type of thing. Just the way he, de- the resignation in his voice as he delivers that as he's basically also accusing Nas of like lying because he had Adderall in his system and you know, it's not a big deal. It wasn't for anything. He was just, you know, he's a college kid. All college kids take Adderall basically at this point. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he lied about having anything in the system when the talk screen comes back, there's already like a betrayal of trust there and Totoro getting a sense of what's happening to this kid now in prison and how he's you know starting to descend is just like oh yeah super stressful <laughs> super super stressful i would say tragic i wasn't stressed about it but it's tragic and stressful <laughs> uh yeah and i watched like 20 minutes of the get down it's dope so far i'm very mad i haven't <laughs> had time to watch anything else <laughs> the first 20 minutes are amazing you're just like t- 10 kick punches it's <laughs> It's the story of the Bronx in like 1977 I was during you, the birth of hip hop. I wasn't giving you a hard time. I just think it's adorable. Um, and listen, I, I saw I was on some acquaintances Instagram and it was like, you know, a screenshot of like, you know, Grandmaster Flash or like, you know, Grandmaster Flash had that, you know, Adidas zip up that always had his name on the back or some yeah. shit. And he always wore the white Kangol. And it was like the caption was just like the get down is so awesome and i was like you're like 19 you have no familiarity with any of this stuff i guarantee you so if you're watching the get down and you think it's awesome that's awesome because nice. this is delivering this is showing you what went into this and i read a really cool article like baz Luhrmann, i guess has been trying to get this done for ages ever yeah and 
he worked with Grandmaster Flash. He worked with a guy named Nelson George, who is a crazy important writer and cultural critic about in black studies and hip hop in general and things like that. He worked with Africa Bambata, like he really, and he convinced them, you know, why he wanted to tell this story. And is the reason he wanted to tell this story is basically because, you know, a bunch of kids in the Bronx created one of the most important slash profitable like art forms yeah. in the history of Western civilization. Like, yeah. that's insane. How does this happen? And that's the story he wanted to tell. So, And very p- few people tell that story. Not enough, no. And it's mostly, like, you know, documentarians when they do. So, I mean, I'm really excited to get back to it. I'm hoping I'm hoping it continues continues along. It is Baz Lerman-y. <laughs> Good. It's a lot, a lot of music going on. A lot of everything is just, you know, I guess he's... I've never really read a lot of criticism about his work, but, I mean, he's... He's very maximalist, right? Like, yeah, a lot happening at all times. A lot times. of sparkle, a lot of neon. A lot of things happening at all times. I, my only criticism is, I believe in the opening scene, you were supposed to be watching uh, a dude who's like a rap superstar who grew up at that time and yep. was mentored by someone who will feature later in the show called Shaolin Fantastic. And the verse is done by Nas. Um, it's Nas rapping as this character. Yep. It's not very good. Oh, <laughs> that's very, too bad. It's not a very good verse because it's really like expository, right? It's like, right. It's like this is my life story, but I need to deliver it in a way that you will understand what I'm talking about before we go into this narrative that's just beginning mm-hmm. and you don't know anything about. Um, yep. So that was my only my only critique so far, but I mean, super fun to watch. Jaden Smith is in it, which I forgot about. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he plays a graffiti kid. Huh. Um, he mentioned going going to the writer's bench at some point, which, you know, is not a after school expository writing class it's like where the <laughs> it's where the graffiti kids would hang out and like doodle in their black books and stuff i should watch this show i'm gonna learn all kinds of things you should watch this show soup's educational um you also want to know what else i'm looking forward to watching more deep space nine yep because i love deep space nine <laughs> is it that is legit so- what your answer was gonna be yes <laughs> <laughs> i oh, Lord. have forgotten how awesome utopian sci-fi is you gonna get that founders tattoo on your back what is that they were isn't that what odo's people are called the founders uh or the changelings it's complicated <laughs> people are getting tattoos of that i'm just wondering if that's how strongly you feel about deep space nine uh no i don't feel strongly about anything that much that's why i don't have any tattoos but yeah some people are more dedicated to the things they love than others then then caitlin is um i'm just i'm looking forward to it because it always brings me joy <laughs> That's all. That's just wanted all. to inform the people. And I figured out what else I would turn into a television show. Mm. So Sue Grafton has that series of oh, novels, right, 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 The right. Kinsey Malone, which I absolutely adore. I'd y- make that into TV you show. You know who else adores them? Who? My mom. <gasps> yeah, they're so good. <laughs> and Kate, Kate and my mom. And they're set up. in the 80s. Kate and Kath. Oh, really? She's and never updated it? It's always stayed no, in the No, no, no. She, it's, um, it's. When she first started, it was the 80s. Yeah. So she continues on and it's case files from like every couple months. Because she's been writing them for like 20 years, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, she's never put it into the... Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Not the Ian Rankin method where like however much time has passed since he wrote the last book, that's much. That's how much time has yeah, passed. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's all... To when he woke 80s. up one day and was startled and realized he had to retire Remus because... Yeah. It's like, oh shit, he'd be 65 now. I have to retire him. Yeah. But yeah, so I would I would do I would make that into a television show. So speaking of things that make you happy, uh, we all know how much Community makes me happy. Yeah, and I actually keep meaning to go back on like my nineteenth rewatch of of Community, <laughs> um, because Donald's been out there again. His new show, 
Atlanta, I think, is debuting in September 6th, I think, okay. on FX. So he's been talking about, you know, obviously everybody asks him about community and he has, a, he has you know, has his real comments about that. But as the fall slates and the TCAs and whatever are wrapping up, all these trailers are hitting. Did you see the trailer with this Joel McHale, Stephen Fry show? Yeah, it looks terrible. It looks so awful. Why'd they make Jeff Winger Pierce? I don't know. It's basically just shit on millennials. Yeah. Which is a recipe for disaster, because why are you going to make an entire show shitting on 18 to 34-year-olds when the advertising dollar that everyone wants is 18 to 34? I don't know. I don't know. I saw the trailer ages and ages ago, and it's not going to be... It's going to be canceled. Like, <laughs> it's terrible, terrible premise, and it's not funny. And I don't know. Like, I understand that. what they're trying, but, like, that's, like, a one-episode gag on another show. Yeah. Like, that's as much story as you have there. It's one episode on another show, not an entire, you know, 13-episode run of a series. I just... And both Stephen Fry and Joel McHale deserve better. That was the exact thing I was going <laughs> to say. I wasn't going to include Stephen Fry, but he probably does, too. I was going to say, man, Joel, Joel McHale deserves better than that. McLovin does not. McLovin is exactly where he belongs. Yeah. But yeah, not excited about that. Nobody going to be watching that. And I think that might be wrapping it up. We should probably get out of here before the heat makes us delirious. You mean that hasn't happened already? It's creeping up. <laughs> it's coming. Maybe it already happened to you. Because I'm super exhausted. <laughs> I haven't even done anything. I just talked into a microphone for two hours. Do you know how hard it is to just sit here in this and talk into microphones for you people? So difficult. Yeah, I'm just I'm just perpetually damp. This is our All Olympics. <laughs> We are the gold medalists in sitting in a balmy <laughs> apartment <laughs> and talking into microphones. If you would like to contact us about any of the myriad topics we talked about this afternoon. Whether it be you want to hit me up to develop any of the TV shows I mentioned. You want to pick Caitlin's brain on project development. You want to yell at me for besmirching the Steven Universe fandom again. Or for picking my side in the uh, Peridot Ship Wars. You can do that by emailing us, geekdownpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at geekdownpod, like uh, our new favorite people, Ryan Griffin and Amelia Cook did. Also, sorry to interrupt, but hmm. thank you to you two for mentioning us. It means a lot to us because we do this out yeah, of love. It should be said there was some plugging that went there as well. Like yeah. that, some nice things were said about the show, which we greatly, greatly appreciate. Because, uh, yeah, we we think we do a good job. It's a pleasant surprise when other people think we do a good job as yeah. well. So. And that we have more than six people who listen. <laughs> we have at least eight now. At least nine. Wow. Amelia said she listens with her fiance too. So. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's at least nine. At least. Killing it. <laughs> yeah. So get us on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Our Tumblr, which is woefully out of date. Need to get on that soon. GeekDownPod.tumblr.com. And the Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com. Slash. Which kind of slash? Forward slash. Geekdownpod. Yes. And if you would like to yell at me personally about anything, as we've established, if you have an anime girl in your avatar, I'm not even looking, but you can try. At Jordan underscore Ferguson. And if you want to, I don't know, yell at me for being a crazy feminist, you can't, because I don't have Twitter. I, I mean, if you say something on the Facebook group, all my friends are going to beat you up. Caitlin was hip to that game before she even started, friends. Yeah. Like, you're not even getting the chance. No, I can't. I am too sensitive. I am like a pastry. I am <laughs> flaky on the outside and gooey on the inside. She's just a... She's the Danish of podcasting. 
I am. And I know I am. And therefore, I uh, reserve the right to never go on to Twitter or Tumblr or any of those things. Got no time for your fuckery, fam. Nope. Caitlin McKenna got her life to live. I have too much to do and too many things to watch. Um, yeah, and I will have apparently, you know, in a dish, because I don't have enough to do with my life. Somebody wants me to write things again. Uh, so I will be writing a piece on Pokemon Go for the same page, which is a website I write for occasionally. Fantastic. And I don't know what I'm going to say. Basically said everything I had to say about the game just steal on from this the, podcast. Just steal from the podcast. Apparently you're used to stealing from podcasts, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know about this. If I didn't have standards to live up to, Caitlin... How do you think this show would sound? You mean we're not just going by the seat of our pants? No, I mean we're totally naturally this gifted. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll add that to like my Facebook profile. <laughs> so hey, Radio Magic, we just took a break to decide what we we're going to do for next week. And it's not going to be Kate and George's August Watcharama as much as Kate and George's August Readorama. I'm so excited. We're going to read a graphic novel. It's called Paper Girls. I don't remember who's drawing it. Forgive me. But it's written by... Do you hear that? Those are the hard eyes coming off of me. The mere <laughs> thought of his name. Oh, Brian Kavon. We love you, Brian Kavon. The man who gave us, among other things, Runaways, Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, and Saga. Most importantly, Saga. Saga. That would be a great television show for sci-fi. They cannot afford it. Okay, yeah, that's They true. cannot afford to do it. He's even said that. He said that he doesn't. Fine, the Netflix. He has, no, just in general, he has no intention of, of licensing it. It's never his point. It's a comic for a reason. That's true. Actually, no, I agree with that. He said early on Saga was a comic for a reason, because only comics could do what he wanted to do with that with that story. And we'll see if that's the case with Paper Girls next week. We will, when we come back next week. So, hey, if you want to be on board, if you don't want to have to duck out the second half of the show, check out some Paper Girls, because that's what we'll be talking about next week on the program. We hope you will join us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we'll be back here again for another fantastic episode of The Geek Down next week. See you then. I know they're like passe now as all the other bands, but I love 21. There's one girl in particular. I just want to steal her body and wear it as a suit. (laughs) (laughs) And if I think Monari from his species is the cutest girl I've ever seen, that's weird. (laughs) Caitlin wants to wear somebody from 21's body as a suit. Yeah, again, terrible with names, but she's she's definitely the cutest. She's the one.